0: To an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content.
1: So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. I'm your host, Carla Long, and you are listening to a series we call Holy Grounds, where we discuss different spiritual practices and the people who love doing them. Uh, But before I jump into it, I need to apologize to you, lovely listener, because I have a cold. So that's why I sound a little bit rough today. Uh, So I might not be speaking as much as usual. Uh, That's probably not true. You know how much I like to speak. But I'm also excited to introduce you today to Jessica Hansen. Uh, I haven't met her in real life yet, but I kind of met her through my mother when they went to church camp together in the Ozark Campgrounds near Joplin, Missouri. So I'm excited to talk with her. I'm excited about what she has to say. And Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's nice to be here, Carla. So Jessica, tell us about yourself.
0: Okay. Um, So my name is Jessica Hansen. I live in uh, Rogers, Arkansas. I'm a member of the Fayetteville, Arkansas Community of Christ Congregation, have been for, uh, what, a couple years, three years, I'm not really sure. I have five lovely children, ranging from ages 18 all the way down to two, so that's, that's what keeps me busy, running around after them and uh, keeping them out of trouble,
1: <laughs> and I think that's it. I don't know, what else do you want to know? Um, well, having five kids ages 18 to two, I would think that you would need multiple (laughs) spiritual practices in order to (laughs) maintain sanity. Well, no one said anything about maintaining sanity. (laughs) Oh, oh, you lost that long time ago. My bad. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to assume. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Jessica, what spiritual practice do you use to best connect with the divine? Well, I wanted to
0: talk to you today about my favorite spiritual practice. And uh, this is this is one that throughout my life, I, I didn't really recognize it as a spiritual practice. But more recently, I've recognized that it really is the way that I connect with the divine and the way that I see the divine in others. And that is to share a table. Um, and what I mean by that is to share a meal together with friends or even strangers or family. I find that many times when we have the opportunity to sit down together and share a meal, there is opportunity to get to know people in a way we wouldn't get to know them otherwise. And many times I feel like the spirit just kind of floods and people are more open to, discussing things and exploring things together in that setting rather than maybe a a traditional church type service or just, you know, talking in other settings. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does actually. I, I mean, I have found that to be definitely true in my own life, but what do you think it is about sitting around a table that helps people open up? Well, I believe that when
0: we are, when, we're, when we come together, one thing I've noticed, especially at something like a potluck where everybody is maybe bringing something to the table, everything feels more like a level playing field. Um, you know, sometimes maybe in a regular like worship service or other kind of uh, lesson or meeting, you know, there's definitely somebody standing up at the front. You know, there's somebody in charge. There's somebody you know, I don't know. There's definitely a giver and receivers. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, when we sit down together at the table, everybody's bringing something. And there's such an opportunity to share. For instance, if if it's a potluck, uh, for, there's a, a gal in our congregation that is so famous for this cream corn casserole. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's got like the cornbread. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely know what you're talking about. Hey, I'm a Midwest girl. I totally get it. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's the most delicious thing ever, but we had never had it until our first Community of Christ potluck and oh, my entire family loves it. And so that has become a part of our family tradition now at holidays. My kids request it and I had to get the recipe from her, which, you know, we're like not allowed, we're banned, you can't bring it. To a community of Christ, potluck because she's going to bring it, but I can make it at home, right? But uh, anyway, there's things like that happen. You know, you you learn about people's background, their traditions, their the food that is important to them. Sometimes there are stories behind different recipes, and you know, you just learn so much about people, and it just feels like a an open place to share. You know, we're all sitting around together; it's an even playing field. We're all sharing something um, that is necessary. I mean, food is necessary. It's a basic, you know, requirement for our lives. But I feel like when we sit down together and we share a meal together and break bread together, um, you know, we are are truly, you know, community. It's just a special thing.
1: So do you invite people over to your house and, and do the same thing or is it mostly for you like the spiritual practice and the spiritual spirituality happens at a potluck?
0: Well, it's, um, it's actually been, yeah, several different things, but I haven't done it recently since I've moved, but before we kind of had a house church going on for a while, um, where we would have folks over and we would start with a meal and after that, then we would kind of have a devotional and, and some time together. But we always started with dinner. And then um, for a while, we had a, a congregation member who was fresh out of college who had moved to our area. We would invite him over for dinner a lot. And those experiences, you know, having, ha- getting the opportunity to chat and talk about things, talk about life together um, at home was really, really special. That's something I'd like to do. I haven't had a lot of time right now, but that's something I would like to do in the future. And uh, In my current, my current life, um, I don't actually attend a lot of potlucks right now from church, but I do attend a, um, a divorce care support group through another church. And that's actually what sparked this when you had asked me previously, hey, let's chat about spiritual practices after I attended this group. Is when I thought, oh, this is it. This is what I want to talk about. So this this support group is for people who are going through various stages of divorce, and there's the whole there's the whole um, spectrum. I'm I'm probably one of the newer folks to the group. There's some that have been divorced for several years, um, and there's folks that are still not separated, but it's heading there. It's kind of a Uh, a place for a place of refuge for people to come. And we have some leaders who they were divorced as well. uh, And then um, went through that process and then married each other. They didn't divorce each other. They, they were divorced from other partners and they got married. And so they are kind of like, I kind of think of them as parents of the group. Um, They are, just very supportive, and when we go to this group, um, one of the first things that happens when we get there is there is this spread of food and i 'll tell you what for for those folks who are going through divorce, the most heavenly experience is eating food you did not have to prepare because that's all you do is (laughs) take care of other people all week and you get really tired of, you know, anytime I can eat something I didn't have to make is like wonderful. So the the mother of this group, the leader, the wife of this, the leadership couple, uh, she goes out of her way to make food, um, you know, like a small meal, or she made a big meal at thanksgiving, but she she shows the hospitality she shows her love, you know the food she brings is a way that she can nurture and care for each of us, and it really does kind of open the door. you know we can come in and we 're all hot messes because that 's how it is, <laughs> and you know you grab a plate and you sit around the table together, and then It's just, you know, it opens the door. You know, you're nourished on the inside. You can be nourished by the Spirit. And you know these folks are here. They love you. And, you know, people who make you a meal love you. So, you know, it's just wonderful to be able to walk in and have that. And so that's my experience right now where I've really felt God's love through our divorce care leaders making us food so that we can have a hot meal we didn't have to cook ourselves and so that we can kind of open that door and let the spirit in and, and have that
1: comfort. You know, I, I love hearing that as for you and in your life right now. But what I find interesting is that the people who come to the divorce support group, they, they are there with intention, right? There's, there's a reason... Oh, yeah that people have come together and i and i wonder if that's also part of what brings the spirit you know people come with the expectation and the intention of being together and eating together and listening to each other and being a support for each other so do you think that's definitely part of it as well oh absolutely absolutely so another another thing that came to mind
0: as um i was thinking about this today that Many times I think that we show our love for people through food. And I know in my – many years ago when I was a young mom in my 20s and, you know, things were really busy and hectic, um, it was kind of a, a cultural thing in my group at the time to bring somebody food when something was going on, when a baby had been born or, or somebody in the family was sick. It was just kind of what you did. You know, you might bring, a, bring over a meal. And um, I have – a cherished recipe that I don't remember what happened if if we had somebody sick or why, but a sweet friend at the time had brought this delicious meal over and it was this really hearty soup and cornbread. And I just remember feeling so loved that she thought of us and I asked her for the recipe and I still have the the written recipe. uh, And what made, what makes it really special to me is that, When she wrote it down, she wrote down Julie East's hearty chicken soup or something like that. But she wrote the name of the person who gave her the recipe, who was also a dear friend. And then on the flip side, she wrote the recipe for the cornbread. And it was also the name of a dear friend. And um, so every time I make those, I think of these three women. And we've kind of changed the name in my family it's become uh, what we call love soup. So whenever we've got somebody we need to bring a meal to or somebody who's sick or having a hard time, we make this soup. And to the point that the last time I made it, just for the family, one of my kids walks up and she's like, oh, who are we taking this to? Because <laughs> it's just like, this is what we take when people need something, when people need love, we bring love soup. But it is, it is delicious. It is very delicious soup it's got like 12 tablespoons of butter in it. So it's also very bad for
1: you. Sounds amazing.
0: It's, it's like saying, I love you, but I kind of want to kill you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how, how it has different, you know, how, how this recipe has been passed through hands that, that love each other and that love doing things for other people. I think that makes it extra special. Me too. So um, how does doing this practice, you know, making food for people or sitting down at a potluck or sitting down at the divorce support group. How does that practice change you?
0: It has changed me in the sense that it has, it has helped me to look for the opportunity, you know, to listen to others. I feel like it's, it's kind of given me an opportunity to sit down and pause, you know, to really pause and listen at these group meetings and, and at potlucks and things, you know, when you're talking to other people, it's just kind of an opportunity to slow down because if we're thinking of just our daily interactions, we bump into people or at church, you know, we kind of, I don't know about you, but I felt like, you know, we just kind of are passing a lot of times, you know, we just, Hey, how you doing? But I feel like we get an opportunity to maybe get a little deeper into you know, how are people doing? How are our friends and, and um, what's really going on in their lives? And, uh, you know, what's, you know, what burdens do they have? Or what joys do they have? What's, you know, what, what exciting things are happening. So I feel like this just kind of gives an opportunity to slow down and to really think about, you know, what, who, who we have
1: in front of us. And just be really, really present Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned um something about a house church earlier. Uh in one in the house church that I help out in in Provo, um we one of our Sundays we have pizza and conversation. And so when people come in, I have all the pizza ready to go, it's nice and hot, and there's some other kind of snacky things there and you know, it's at first people kind of hung back, you know, and I I always had to invite them in, but now like they just come in and grab a piece of pizza and (laughs) sit down and have a conversation, immediately start talking to people. And, um, I, I loved watching that unfold. I loved watching that happen. The more comfortable people got and, um, and food really does that to people. It, like you said earlier, it's an equalizer and, uh, who doesn't love having a conversation over a meal?
0: Well, so i think I'm really if you're okay. if you're a nervous, if you're a nervous type as well, I mean, it gives you something to do with your hands and I, you know, it gives you, I don't know, just sitting there or, you know, it can be very, it can be very difficult, but you know, yeah, it gives you a little
1: something to do. <laughs> it does. It really does. And you know, like if you, need to kind of get out of a conversation because you're a little uncomfortable or something's weird, you can always be like, I'm going to go grab some more food. I'll be right back. You know, <laughs> there's, there's always a way to, to figure it out when food is there. Well, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And in all of the Holy Grounds um, interviews I've done, nobody's talked about table ministry. And I think that it is so, so important, especially in Community of Christ, where for us, relationships are are like primary. And I actually really enjoy... Table conversation and car conversations. Car conversations are yeah. a good way to form those relationship as, relationships as well. Because they can't escape. <laughs> <If> that's right. <laughs> and you're also focused on something else. You can both look forward or look outside yeah. windows. And, and I, I find table ministry and car conversations, I have the deepest connections with people, surprising connections with people, actually. Yes. So Jessica, I have two questions for you and you can choose which one you want to answer. Uh, do you have a spiritual practice that is challenging for you? And since you described a group practice, do you have a personal practice that you like to do?
0: All right. Well, I think I'll go for door number one. So I I feel like, you know, I came from the, the LDS background several years ago. Um, we came from the LDS church. And so I feel like that, God and I have been wrestling a little bit the last few years, and the spiritual practices that were um, kind of the standard uniform, this is how you do it in the LDS church, I had to dump those. I mean, I had to just completely shed those. And so I struggle a lot with, this sounds dumb, but just basic prayer. I really, it took me a very long time to be able to even, even mentally or, Verbally say a prayer because I just it was just too there's too much um, baggage there, and I I am happy to say that I have really my my mindset and my understanding has changed a lot, and I do have my own version of prayer now, so my own language I guess you'd say, but uh, for me, yeah, that just kind of the the traditional. The traditional prayer out and you know out loud <laughs> doesn't work for me, but um, I do find that I do appreciate the examine and I like to look at at the end of the day, I like to really look at what has happened in the day and try to find God there and try to find um, you know what things I'm grateful for that did happen and Opportunities that I had and people that I met, and um, just try to look for for god 's touch in my life through that through that opportunity, so that would probably be my my favorite solitary i'm starting to um, experiment with some new spiritual practices that um, some journaling and I'm, I'm trying some different things. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I don't know. And music has always been a way that I feel very connected to the divine. It's not usually on my own. It's mostly in, with others. But I do, feel, I do feel like singing and sharing in hymns and things like that are a very big connector to me, to the divine, and to other
1: people. Yeah, I love that you're trying new and different ones, especially as a mom of five and going through what you're going through right now. I, I know that it takes up a lot of mental space. So I commend you for even trying different things and learning about different things. It, it, would, be, it, it, might, it would be very difficult, I would think. So I think it's really awesome that you're looking for different ways to connect to God. I, I'm really, I, I have no reason to be proud of you, but I'm really proud of you. <laughs>
0: well thank you well and on the on the motherhood note um you know if it, everybody's every child is different, and I kind of feel like this can i want to help shepherd each of them in their own way, and they 're all very different and so, hey, try out lots of things, maybe I can help one of them connect
1: in their way you know <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I you know like you keep seeing I keep seeing on Facebook, you know like the, the tension has changed because kids are now meditating during detention and is changing everything. So I completely think that if we can help our kids um, learn these spiritual practices, I I think the world could be a really different place. That's very true. I've, I've got one, one
0: child that meditation and, uh, and just kind of calm down, like slowing type techniques really, really help him. It's just getting him there before, the build up, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Getting, helping him to find it. But yeah, I think anytime we can introduce many options, then um, they can find what works to help
1: connect them. It's wonderful. And and they're called practices for a reason. We're not supposed to be perfect at them um, ever. You were supposed to practice at them. So I think that that's a really good thing to keep in mind too. We shouldn't be good at them immediately. That's unfair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that actually, I hadn't considered that. Now I feel a little bit better, Carla, because I don't feel like
1: I'm very good at most of these. (laughs) They're called practices for a reason. Uh, So do you um, have any books or resources that you have looked at or read or anything that you can suggest to us?
0: Yes, actually, I have a book and I believe that I, I actually, I received this as a birthday gift, but I heard about it at, we had a, I don't know if you were there. I don't think you were, I would have met you. Uh, spiritual formation for families retreat a couple of years ago. At oh potential. yeah, and it's called um, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, and the author is Adele Alberg Calhoun, um, and I really enjoy this because it just lays—I mean, it just lays out. I don't even know how many—thirty, maybe twenty, thirty different um, spiritual practices and disciplines, and I mean everything from labyrinth walking to um, you know, examined Lectio Divina, um, just all kinds of different things. So it's wonderful opportunity to, to kind of flip through and see, oh, here's some options you know, here's something I might like to try or no, that doesn't really, that doesn't speak to me, you know? Um, but that has been really nice.
1: That has been very helpful. That sounds like a great book. And, and will you tell us the title and the author one more time? Yes. Okay. So it's, the
0: title is Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, Practices That Transform Us. Awesome. And it is, the author is Adele
1: Alberg Calhoun. Wonderful. Oh gosh, that sounds great. Thank you so much for that. That's really helpful. Uh, Well, Jessica, we are coming close to the end of our interview. Was there something that you wanted me to ask and I didn't ask, or is there something that you wanted to say? before we sign off?
0: Oh, man, I think I think you've said it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me? No, you did great.
0: <laughs> no, thank you so much. It's been, it's been fun to, to
1: talk to you about this. I appreciate it. And I again, I appreciate you bringing up table ministry and table spiritual practices because I don't think that, I mean, it's such a natural thing that we do every single day. And I think that we kind of forget that something that we do every single day already could have the divine in it. So thank you so much for bringing that up and bringing us back into that.
0: All right. And if any of your listeners find themselves in Northwest Arkansas, they can come to my table and And hopefully get some of that good soup. That's right. You can have soup. It's probably going to raise your cholesterol, but it'll be good. It'll be worth it. (laughs) Thanks again, Jessica. Thank you, Carla. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a five star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.